Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Today's episode is Living Your Noble Goal in Trying Times. With me as always is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? How's it going, Eric? And I hope everyone else is having a good day. So the noble goal, you know, this one's kind of tripped me up over time because I always think of Monty Python. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. I, it just makes me think of the noble goal. And I'm, I'm waiting for John Cleese to come out and do something very silly. <laughs> but having said that. Okay, you just took me down a road we probably don't want to go uh, yes, down. But... Well, yeah, and that, that we'll save that one. But <laughs> Okay. Can you maybe for the audience, uh, for the first time listeners, or maybe those who might be forgetting, uh, can you kind of give a, a, a little bit of background or a little bit of narrative around what a noble goal is? Okay. In, in our model of emotional intelligence, one of the competencies that we have, and I think this is probably the most important, is something called your noble goal. Mm -hmm. And a noble goal is not a goal like, you know, I want to be the president of the company or make a million dollars or things like that, own a big house. There's nothing wrong with those goals, but those are goals that you can actually achieve. If you put your work into it, you'll get to that point. Uh, a noble goal is something different. A noble goal is kind of what de uh, defines you and what drives you. Another way to look at a noble goal is, I'm going to be a little morbid, what will people say at my funeral? Mm. Are they going to be talking about my big house or are they going to be talking about you know, whenever I needed something, they were there for me. They were always a kind person. They always put other people first. So what do you want people to say about you? So your noble goal is something, the reason you get up in the morning. The other thing about the noble goal, unlike the tangible goals that I talked about, is it's something you'll never achieve because you're always going to be working towards it. Mm -hmm. You're always, that's always going to be a part of your life, no matter where you are in your life. You know, mm -hmm. if you're middle in your career, if you're retired, um, if you're in school, it's always going to be a part of you. So it's something that you're always aspiring to. Mm -hmm. It gives you direction. So Jeff, let's go back to that, the reason you get up in the morning thing. Um, obviously, the last two years now going on, I guess we're in year three, between pandemics, violence, politics, and now a war. How important is it to have a reason for getting up in the morning, do you think? <laughs> because of those things you said, mm -hmm. it would be real easy just to pull the covers back up over your head. Yeah. <laughs> it's a go-away world. Yeah. Um, 
But a noble goal, I think, is going to be energized in this time because if you're aware of how it's affecting you, you're going to be aware of how it's affecting other people. So Mm -hmm. what difference can I make out there Um, just by being who I am, just by— Is that you mean in the sense of uh, breeding more empathy? Yeah, more empathy, um, Yeah, being aware of what's going on with people. And the thing about empathy is, uh, unlike sympathy, empathy empathy usually follows with some kind of an action. An action, yeah. That is appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting um, because I wanted to throw that out. Um, because I know, and it and it may not even be the war. Um, it may not be the pandemic. It, it it could just very well mean that your experience, somebody out there is experiencing just the cards that life deals mm-hmm. without our notice or our permission. Exactly. Um, I almost think the noble goal is like that. Um, it's almost like a form of oxygen um, that keeps you um, focused and. And uh, well, if, if, yeah, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it keeps you focused. It keeps you energized. It uh, allows you to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a good point too, right? Because if we don't have a noble goal, how much of a difference are we making? And I know that can be relative. I mean, I'm, I'm not here to judge anybody's intentions or plans, but... You know, I think y- y- you might be making a difference by accident. But mm. now I, I want to, because, you know, you're that kind of a person. But two things with the noble goal is, you know, when I've worked with people, did debriefs, and we talked about noble goal, they'd never heard of the concept. But there's a lot of people that are living a noble goal and don't know what it is. Right. And I guess what I think about in those terms, and you can course correct me here, but is it the difference between I happen to be walking on a busy street in a large city and I encounter someone who is or appears to be homeless and I buy them lunch mm-hmm. and then I go on about my way versus the person who sees that problem and says, that's something that I really want to address and I'm going to start volunteering and I'm going to start – and they build this thing – to where their sort of their purpose is around helping those who are in that kind of situation. Yeah, they take their concern for other people, which right. buying somebody lunch is meeting a need. Right. I'm glad you said that. It's not saying that uh, that buying of lunch in a one-off situation is not important or not good. We're just talking about, I think, intentionality. Right. Right. And it's it's something now becomes something that you're a focus on. Right. And. That's when it can turn into a noble goal without you even knowing it, because you do volunteer. Right. Maybe you volunteer at a shelter. Right. Uh, maybe you work with the people that run the shelter to do fundraising. Or right. Right. It, it's just, but it's now a part of who you are that is a focus of your life. So, do you think that you can practice that noble goal in ignorance, and it's just as good of as if someone had a written document about they want to help. Uh, with a certain social problem or whatever. You can be effective without knowing exactly what it is. Right. But what we, or what I, when I'm working with somebody that wants to develop a noble goal, Mm -hmm. I tell them it's best if it's one sentence. 
Mm-hmm. And it's something that it's it's something that if somebody asks you, you can tell them just like in, you know we talk about elevator speeches in the sales world. Yeah. It's your elevator, yeah, uh, definition of what drives you. Because I think for me, the things that I've done by accident, um, by chance, they have value, but it they always seem to come without any real um the mark that was left was not one i could trace mm. and i know that a goal the noble goal is not to per se make me happy or make me feel fulfilled but i just you know it's kind of like you know i i saw this thing um it was some advice about you know how to you know, be proactive in taking care of your kidneys. And it listed like, you know, exercise, diet, be well hydrated, those kind of things. And I thought to myself, well, could someone's kidneys be okay if all you did was just watch your diet, but you don't pay attention to the exercise and the water intake or uh, intake? Mm-hmm. Maybe, but probably it's going to be even better if you we're paying attention to the exercise and the water intake too, because potentially that cascades into other areas. And I think that's the thing about intentionality, right? Right. Um, my noble goal mm-hmm. is to help people find the art in themselves. Yes. And that doesn't mean necessarily that they're at their core, they're a great musician or a great artist or an author. Right. I, I believe that, Everyone has something that is a work of art in them. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I strive for. It could be when I'm debriefing someone, when we're talking, I, I yeah. want to help them. Um, I do prison ministry when I'm working with the, the residents at the prison. Yeah. That's part of it. But part of my noble goal is recognizing that in the people I meet. And I know I've used this before, but there's a young man at our Kroger's that has Down syndrome. And I, you know, mm-hmm. Kroger's hires a lot of people with, with disabilities, and I applaud them for that. Right. But my wife and I will, he's a bagger, and he's also the guy that brings the carts in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll wait in a longer line at the grocery store for him to be our bagger because the art in him is he makes everyone around him feel good. Mm. So that's the art that's in that person. And I try to recognize that when I'm with people. So, your noble goal can have an, an an aspect of social justice, you know, things like that, and that can right. be part of it. There's nothing wrong, but it doesn't have to. So, what do you think about um, asking people about what their art is? Have you done that? How does that? What's that experience been like for you? In in like with coaching, you know, I can do that. Mm-hmm. But what I find is most effective if I find somebody that I see that in them, mm-hmm. I'll share that with them. Mm, you mean by observation, hey, I, I noticed? Yes, you know, I, I see how you are. Uh, my wife, her art and her is helping people that need help. She works with adults with disabilities now. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that in her, and I make sure I let her know that because yeah. by me doing that, that reinforces what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a great point. So, um, my noble goal is pouring out what God has poured into me, 
And like um, uh, just for the audience, that wasn't always my noble goal. And Jeff, maybe we can talk a little bit about can a noble goal morph, change, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, that one came to me in a, a, a time of, um, how would I say this? After spending a lot of fool's gold, and just so that I don't sound ancient for the audience, if you're not familiar with that term fool's gold, it's typically attributed to the pirates and the time of what that would have been maybe the 18th, 19th century. Mm -hmm. And there was a substance out there, and I cannot pronounce the substance, but it looked just like... Iron pyrite? Pyrite. Mm -hmm. Looked just like gold. And there were many who got a lot of that pyrite and discovered after going to sort of cash in, as we might call it, <laughs> that it was worthless. They had a box of rocks. That was it, right? <laughs> so I, I think about it from that perspective that I spent a lot of fool's gold looking for um, validation through my achievements um, and my performance. Allah, if I perform and you laugh, if I perform and you applaud, if I perform and you hire, then what I'm doing is valid. Over time, I started realizing, no, it's not valid because it does nothing for me. Mm. I, I it ran out of gas, right? So I started thinking, well, what is the thing that fulfills me? And what fulfills me is when I'm pouring out what God has poured into me. That's the real gold. Real gold um, has that enduring, almost kind of that, I left my fingerprint there. Mm -hmm. You know, so whether it be now or 20 years from now, someone will be able to see my fingerprint. When you use fool's gold, there's no fingerprint to be seen because it's worthless. It, it has no value whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So in light of that, Jeff, um, let's talk about... Um, Two things. First, I want to go into that about can it change? Okay. Or have I violated the the noble goal uh, uh, <laughs> symposium or something that says you will not, you cannot, you shall not? Uh, can it change? Yes, because okay. we change. You know, ah, we're, yeah. we're not static. Uh, so yes, it can it can change. Uh, it can change dramatically mm -hmm. if if your life has changed dramatically and and. You know, it, especially if it's someone that's on a journey of self-discovery, yeah, they're going to do that. The other thing I want to say about the noble goal is, it might take somebody a year or two to come up with it. Very seldom, when I've asked somebody or introduced them to this, and said, "What do you think your noble goal is?" Maybe one or two people was able to say it. Yeah, because you, you it takes some time. And I think that's another area of where self-empathy comes in. Mm -hmm. it, it's not a contest. I mean, no. there, there's nobody going to um, give you a score on whether or not you answered that question perfectly right away or whatever. However, one thing that you you must do is that you must work on it. Mm -hmm. You must you much you, you write some things down, journal a bit about it, tear up the paper, and then start over again. But be willing to stick with it. I think is essential. Yeah, you might start out with 
two or three paragraphs. Mm-hmm. And you just you keep paring that down until you get to that sentence or two. Yeah. And the thing to remember is your your noble goal is for you, it's not for anyone else. So if I wanted to come up with a noble goal that would make you happy, Eric, that's not going to be my noble goal. No. It's it's no. what's inside me. The same way with you. You, you know, yeah. you you can't work on one that I would like. Yeah. Because quite frankly, uh, Jeff, I know when I look back at my history, I'm, th- there's a number of folks who probably would say that my pursuits for what I consider fool's gold to be, well, why wouldn't you do that? Well, what, why, well, what was wrong with that? Because that sounds really good. Um, and I think everybody comes to that place of, of sort of that reckoning about, well, at some point, I'm either going to be living for the applause and for the audience, or I'm going to, I'm going to make this about me. Now, I also get it by extension because included in my noble goal is God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, it is I'm playing for an audience of one. I'm taking what he's given me and then I'm pouring <laughs> it out into the world, wherever that may be. Um, so now that we've established that it can change because we change, that's encouraging because I, I don't think anybody wants to be boxed in like it's some written constitution. But so what do you think are some of the things that can keep us? Because, Jeff, I could quote my noble goal all day long, but if I'm not living it out, so what are some of the threats to living it? Well, I think it's you know kind of like what you talked about before is letting those things that are causing you to want to pull the blanket back over your head. Is ah, so you mean these trying times. These trying times is to let them – rule your life. Not saying that those things aren't important and you have to do something about them. Yeah. You know, but don't let them be the focus. You know, we've And Jeff, I mean, you hit on something really big there. Because in addition to them being big things unto themselves, mm-hmm. I think they get magnified in the culture that we live in now because of social media and and the like, right? Mm-hmm. Where something that's bad with social media added, it becomes an earth crisis and please audience hear me out. I'm not trying to minimize anything that's going on in our world in the last three years. However, compared to what you said, meaning can my noble goal transcend the circumstances of living Mm -hmm. and living in the world we live in? Is that kind of where you were going? Yeah, because let's look at it this way. What I said my noble goal is is to find the art yeah. in people. Mm-hmm. Do I exclude myself from that? Do I focus on what I think I have inside of me that is something that can help people? Just like you, can I use that for my own uh, energy? Mm-hmm. When you talk about pouring out what God has given you, mm-hmm. Do you keep some of that for yourself? Right. That's that's um, and that kind of flows back into the self empathy thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there there is a giving part that the goal gives to you as well. And I thought about another thing too within that, Jeff. So if you're overwhelmed, and 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 keep in mind, very few of us um, 
are going to be called on to solve some of these big world problems. Mm -hmm. Very few of us. So if you're consumed with all these things, do you feel like it threatens your ability to find the art in that young man at Kroger? Yeah. And why is that? I may be looking at him going, why in the hell doesn't he have a mask on? Okay. And that's going to totally short circuit everything. And when you say that, Jeff, and you can please correct me if yeah. I'm wrong here, that sounds to me like when you're letting the circumstances begin to drive your behavior and your intentionality, mm-hmm. meaning it's not important to find the art in him right now. What's important to know is to why isn't he wearing a mask because we're in the middle of a pandemic right. or, you know, I'm and here's another thing I'm going with. I've been watching CNN nonstop about Ukraine mm-hmm. and Russia, and I'm thinking about why did this happen? What could we do? So I'm in Kroger. I should be present because he's right there in front of me bagging, but I can't stop thinking about Russia and the war and what ifs. And, and I get my bags, thank you very much, and I go to my car, and I don't even remember seeing or talking to the guy. Exactly. When I was – Putting the notes together for this, this almost ended up being an episode called Duck and Cover. Because <laughs> I'm of the age where we were taught when we saw the bright flash from, in this case, the Russians dropping an atomic bomb on us, we ducked and covered. That would save our lives, they said. <laughs> okay. I think I want to underline they said. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about. If I'm in the Kroger's, and I'm waiting for the flash, I'm not going to see anybody as a person. So there's a song from many years ago uh, called Lessons in Love by Level 42. Mm -hmm. And I believe who wrote the song was um, Phil Gould. Uh, I may have that wrong. But there's a line in there goes, if we lose the time before us, the future will ignore us. And that song, that line has haunted me for years. And I mean, haunted me in a good way. It's been that reminder. Don't go getting yourself wrapped up in things you don't have any control over, haven't been given any responsibility for. Because as you go out there messing in this uh, fictitious world of solving it or, or, or addressing it, or you're going to miss what's right smack dab in front of you. Well, you just brought up a song of mine. All right. Trade. It's, it's, it's been one of my favorites forever uh, on the turning away from Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. The song starts out with on the turning away from the pale and downtrodden. And I think if you're living your normal or your noble goal, you're not going to turn away from those people. And you might think of just the social issue, pale and downtrodden people. Mm-hmm. But your office mate is you know pale means they're not being seen to me mm-hmm. and downtrodden is just what it seems like they feel like they've been trampled yeah and that's where i was going with it jeff is the um i think what i've found for me though not perfect uh my noble goal has kept my senses alive at a level that um i really have narrowed it down okay when problems arise do i have control and have I been given responsibility? If I don't have control and I haven't been given responsibility, hands off. 
Mm-hmm. And that's really hard because sometimes it's the things that you want to hold on to <laughs> relationships, things of that nature, right? Yeah. Where, where it's like, no, 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 this is my son, my daughter, my blah, blah, blah. And you feel like, well, no, I've got to be the one because if they don't listen or if they don't do this and that, well, wait a minute. Your daughter's 22 and she's graduated from college now and she's moving. Um, what control do you have over that? Jeff, I have zero control. I can't tell my daughter where to live and where not to live. <laughs> How much responsibility have you been given around that? Uh, none, because she doesn't need me to do anything. It's not, I mean, she if she doesn't file her taxes, the IRS is not going to call me. <laughs> There's that magical turning 18. <laughs> well, and I think even if, even, and I'm sure there are those out there who say, well, you know, they're not fully mature until they're X age and Y. And some would say 18 is not as good as it should. It should be 21. I, we could debate that all day long. Mm-hmm. But the reality is whether it's a relationship, a world problem, trying times, as we've been talking, I believe our noble goal keeps us sober to, because it's purpose. It's like, this is what I'm here to do. This is what I'm here this is what I've been placed here to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to go ahead. When we talked about what can keep you from doing it, one mm-hmm. of the things you got to remember is when you're putting your noble goal into action, yep. don't expect people to jump up and down and pat you on the back. That's not what it's for. So, And quite frankly, there'll be some who will, who will reject mm-hmm. the noble goal, right? That will, will maybe give you pushback about it, right? Uh, and actually, when we really dig into the noble goal, I know we've done this as some uh, when we've done presentations. Is if your noble goal has anything to do with accolades, <laughs> it's probably not a noble goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, easy for us to say. You know, it takes time. Write it down. It should be a sentence or two. You know, you start with paragraphs and. And I can sit here and say, well, you know, by focusing on my noble goal, you know, I'm, and that's all fine and well, Jeff, but we, we all know that it, in this age, it can be easy to lose your focus. Mm-hmm. So what are some things we can do to keep that focus alive and healthy and vibrant and all of that? You know, I've heard some people say, you know, write your noble goal and put it on a piece of paper on your mirror. Yeah. If that works for you, that works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, repeat, just repeat it to yourself in the morning. Mm-hmm. Simple. Yeah. Um, look for opportunities to put it into action. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and once again, you got to be wise with it. You don't want to do something that's going to get you in physical danger or, right. you know, things like that. But with your daughter, or like I was talking about the person next to you, what can you do to you know, improve? Like with your daughter, um, how, how could you help her yeah. with your noble goal? How can I help that per, you know, my office mate with my noble goal? Look for those opportunities. Yeah, and in the case of my daughter, what I've been learning, and we've actually been talking about it, I need to say less. <laughs> say less. <laughs> say less, uh, which – Actually, and quite frankly, is really, really good advice because um, 
part of that dynamic of of um you know you 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 want to you want to find yourself whether it's a relationship with the child uh with your children your kids whatever or with a coworker or whatever you know you've got to be able to to understand the context of that relationship at that time and and it should match up i mean don't get me wrong uh nobody's perfect right but your noble goal should match up to your behavior mhm and that you just made me think of Job. Do you remember if you've if you've ever read the book of Job? Oh, right. When things started happening to him, yep. His friends came and they sat with him for a week. Yeah. And everything. Then they started talking. And that was a. That's when. That's when it got really <laughs> ugly. Yeah. Yeah. That first. That first. Uh, window of time with him was quite frankly a model for how you can be very empathetic for someone's situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will sit with you and I will be silent. I will not offer. Uh, but they did what uh, typically happens right over whatever period of time. Okay, I'm going to fix him. <laughs> yeah. We're going to give all kinds of advice. Um, so um, music and Bible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a right. new one. Yeah. Um, when we look at this focus idea again, um, I, I always think about, um, our brains and how our brains uh, work, right? So as as you know, Jeff, um, our brains are always working to make things easy for us and efficient mm -hmm. uh, because the brain is doing so much in our bodies and, and the it's like the ultimate, uh, what, uh, operating system, right? And um, one of the things that I've been fascinated about over uh, – many years at this point is is what happens with the brain as it encounters change mm -hmm. so my encouragement advice for our listeners is that if you've today's the day that you've decided or have you're now really thinking about well what is my noble goal and i, I think that's something that's important i want to do it be encouraged apply some self-empathy your brain is going to resist that mm-hmm and it's not because your brain doesn't like noble goals. It's because your brain is trying to make everything easy and efficient for you. Mm -hmm. So you going out and starting a new thing, though this one's not like super, super huge, you're going to encounter something called limbic friction. And that <laughs> limbic friction is your brain saying, no, 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 we, we don't do noble goals. We've been doing fine just yes. you know, how we're doing this. And by the way, you're a very negative person, and we've been a negative person for a lot of years, and that's worked well for you. Kept and it's safe, and it's we we know how to be negative. We we're really good at being negative. <laughs> so as you make that change, and I, as we laugh, Jeff, I know you know this too. It could be negativity. It could be I've just never done it before. It could be you know I tried it once ten years ago. Whatever the case may be, when you're introducing that change, you're going to face that limbic friction, the resistance. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful part about it is if you hang in there, if you stick with it, that's kind of why I said earlier about just jot some stuff down, just journal it and, and just come back to it and keep, but don't give up because eventually your brain will start to exercise its placidity and begin to say, not audibly, this is good. We have a noble goal. Noble goals are good. I, I, this is great. 
it'll begin to be your support like it is in every other mm-hmm. thing that you do. You know, when you fulfill your noble goal, your brain is going to reward you with those chemicals and yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, and and I'm saying that Jeff because, and and you know, in our work, we have some people who have very very high levels of sort of in, um, aspiration to do things mm-hmm. because it's like an awakening. You're like, oh my gosh, yes, I want that, and I want that. What we're trying to say is, is that you should want it. It's awesome. But be prepared because when the lights go down and when the crowds go away or when the show is over, you're going to have that time. You're going to have tomorrow morning and you're going to have that missed flight and you're going to have that, oh, I forgot to pick up X and life will then continue its battering and all the rest. So be encouraged. That's just to let you know that that resistance is not designed to stop you. The other thing to think about is, let's say you're all of a sudden you get the desire to be a world-class archer. So the first thing you do is you apply for the Olympics, and you've never picked up a bow and arrow before. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Start small. Yeah, start small. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, There's one thing I was thinking about, um, and and we didn't really touch on it in a great deal yet, and that is – the impact of our focusing on the noble goal for others. I have always thought, you know, when, and I heard this not long ago, it was in a, it was in a group setting and the person said, well, you know, my dad said, you know, you better get smart because you're not real pretty. (laughs) And I remember thinking, and for you, Jeff, and for the audience, she's a pretty lady. She's not ugly. It's not like she's whatever you'd say would Mm -hmm. fit the definition of ugly. But that was given to her, right? So when we think about all the things that we've been labeled and told that we are, all of the negatives, all of the voices that said you can't, you're not, you won't. I think about how much that robs the world of the beauty, the art Mm -hmm. that would have impact. And I even look at art too, Jeff, from the perspective of that surgeon. You know, what if that surgeon's dad said, I don't know why you're thinking you can get through medical school. You're not that smart. Thankfully, maybe those surgeons continued on the path. So can you talk a little bit about why is it important for others? Why is, what is the connection between our noble goal and other people? In one way or another, depending on what your noble goal is, you are going to have an impact on other people because if nothing more, you're going to show them that you value them, that you're not Okay, let's stop there. Okay. Does anybody out there in the audience not want to feel valued? I don't think there is. I don't think I'd sign up. I want to feel valued. And if you're really following your noble goal, the people are going to tell that it is the value. I messed up this time. The people, 
if you're truly following your noble goal, the people are going to recognize that what you're saying is valid, what you're saying is coming from your heart, or what you're doing is coming from who you are, and you're doing it not for yourself. You're doing it for them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that extension, because yes, initially the noble goal is about you. Mm-hmm. It is a very selfish thing, a healthy selfish thing. Mm-hmm. But once that noble goal has been established, it gets turned and it's like light, you know? Um, and I think, and I'm going to use my, my perspective on it. It's a very dark world. The more people who are working on, living out, focused on a noble goal, those are like light. And light is always more powerful than darkness. Mm-hmm. Always. Because darkness is an absence. Ooh, that's a keeper, <laughs> Jeff. Say that again. Darkness is an absence. Yeah, that's great. Um, so for the listeners, and this will be in the show notes, we'd like to refer you back to some of our earlier content. We did have an episode that was dedicated dedicated specifically to noble goal and defining it within it as a competency. Mm-hmm. So we'd uh, want to point you that way. The other thing I would throw out, Jeff, um, in terms of the noble goal, um, you know, th- there are going to inevitably be those who did hear those messages that says you, you, you're not strong enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, and all the rest. Would you feel safe with me and saying to the world, forget them. <laughs> yes. And I know some might say, but it was my dad. We're not advocating that you hate anyone. I'm just saying, we're just saying, forget those words they said. Because you don't know what words they heard. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I like that, Eric. Yeah, forget those things. Yeah. And here's the thing. Once again, I always think about, okay, well, easy for Eric and Jeff to say on their wonderful podcast. If you're having trouble forgetting it, there's help. Mm-hmm. It might mean you should consult a mental health professional, mm-hmm. a counselor, and let them know, this is what I'm working on. I, I really want to work on forgetting this stuff, putting it away letting it go. They can help. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not at that level. Maybe it's you need to talk to a mentor or a coach, or maybe it's a friend or whatever it may be. But the reality is, is that when that happens, you leave room for light. I had a discussion with somebody that had things like that happen to them. Mm-hmm. And they were really feeling bad about themselves. And then I gave them a little bit of an inventory of how I see they're succeeding. Mm-hmm. See these things? You're not what they said. Because self-empathy also means you're looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. These are the things I see you accomplishing. These are the things I know you've done. When I'm with you, you make me feel good or Accept it. Fill in the blank. Right? Yeah, whatever. That may, you know, let people know. 
That's a powerful exercise, Jeff, because that is um, sort of the irrefutable evidence mm -hmm. of it. Um, and I think that goes that goes to um, the episode we're going to do on personality. Um, it, it just it, it's that's a very powerful exercise. Because I do believe sometimes it does need to come down to the bare bones. Okay, let's let's compare. Your dad said to you 30 years ago, you're not, you're this, whatever. Mm -hmm. You being that close inner circle person says, well, let me give you my data. My data says five years ago, three days ago, when I'm around you, you're doing this work, you're doing that. And then all of a sudden, that one sentence or two from a parent gets eclipsed by this laundry list of things that show that that's not true. You're giving them data. Yeah. And I think that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and, and, and don't get me wrong, Jeff, because I've been on the receiving end of it from a parent. I, I, I get it. Um, and I, I would tell you, I think once you take that data and you start to realize, well, yeah, I guess you you probably even will potentially have some empathy for your dad because you might potentially go, you know what? He just didn't know. Mm -hmm. He just, he, he, he was operating on how his, what his dad said to him. Mm -hmm. Fill in the blank. Exactly. Wow. We're getting to the close here, guys, and uh, we are, do appreciate you tuning in. Please, as always, leave us a great review on whatever podcast platform that you use or leave us some comments about the show. And if you feel so compelled, you can reach out to us directly through our email, which is all within the show notes. Thanks again. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So yes. how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms wherever you get your podcasts yes. you think that'd be good i think that would be great because one that will help us learn how to make better ones and it's always good for us so to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host we're close okay but, all right but, but not, still not totally we want perfect. your feedback we want your feedback but it'll it also might uh let us know a new subject hey we need to dig deeper into that yeah. so let us know what you think Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based 
and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.